Every business needs capital to be stable. But what do you do when it's time to acquire more money for your great idea and you need an investor? Joining me today is Salat Mahmood, founder and managing partner of Sky Panther Capital. Salat has executed M&A and capital raising transactions since 2005 with deals valued up to $150 million U.S. million and has worked on a number of cross-border transactions. He has also worked as an investor with a venture capital and private equity fund, investing in early stage and mid-market companies. He also represented investor interests at the board level. Talat is a mentor at the world's largest startup accelerator, Mass Challenge, and writes about fundraising and M&A activity for publications such as Forbes, Entrepreneur, and TechCrunch. Talat is also founder of Funding Your Tech Startup, which advises startups on starting, funding, and growing their business. Welcome, Talat. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So I gave a brief overview of your bio and your qualifications. Um, Are there any other things that you'd like to add uh, for our audience to get to know you today? Uh, No, I guess that was a pretty comprehensive uh, introduction. I mean, uh, as you mentioned, the last sort of 10, 10 to 12 years or so, I've been focused on advising small businesses and startups on raising fundings and exits. Um, and actually, out of all of that, one of the key things that I focus on in, in terms of helping businesses these days is, is really with their business plan. And we can get into some of the details as to you know, why the business plan is so important and how that's an, a key part of raising money for your business. Okay, great. We're going to start with talking about your experience in the venture capital space. Okay, and uh, what should every business owner and potential business owner know about working with a VC? Um, I think the key thing is, um, you know, at the moment, there's, there's quite a lot of capital out there for businesses. So businesses which position themselves in the right kind of way and really understand what an investor is looking for, um, I think they've got good chances of being able to raise that money. So you know, what do they need to know about venture capital? Well, I think principally, you just need to understand what a venture capital investor or any investor for that, for that matter is looking for. Um, and there's two things principally. The first thing is they want to limit the level of risk that they're exposed to from investing in your business. And the second part is they want to maximize the possible growth opportunity that they can get from investing in your business. So if they can prevent themselves from losing a lot of money and at the same time uh, convince themselves that there's uh, a decent amount of money to be made by investing in you, then, then you know, they're going to be all ears. And I think that's probably, you know, that should be front of mind for any entrepreneur who's looking to try try and raise money with a venture capital investor. Right. So entrepreneurs should be thinking as, they, as they're thinking about their idea, not just, oh, we need money, but how valuable is this idea and how valuable is this concept to an investor and, and how valuable is it to our target market? Uh, I think, yeah. Um, well, and, yeah, and in my experience, being in the startup space, you see a lot of business owners that are focused on maybe solving a personal challenge or they are so, you know, in love or enamored with their idea that they they don't really want to be flexible with how it's executed. And sometimes the flexibility is needed so that it can be a more wide reaching and marketable and valuable uh, idea. Um, yeah, I think I so, think that's absolutely right. And I think it's really about how you're positioning it. So I think you know, when entrepreneurs are busy building their businesses, they're building it for their customers um, and, and to an extent for themselves as well. When it comes to raising money and when you're talking to investors, 
you know, you, you have to be able to understand that now you need to, the sorts of things that you say, the way you present your business, the way you present yourself has to be in a way that appeals to an investor. So you need to come across as people who, who know that sector that you're operating in, who, you know, who, who've got the right kind of credentials to be able to lead this business forward. Um, and, you know, you have a plan in place uh, in order to be able to grow that business going forward as well, which is why, you know, what, what investors like to see is they like to see that written down. They like to see some form of a business plan that shows them that if they invest in your company, how you're going to use that money and grow the business in order to grow shareholder value for everyone. Now let's let's talk about that business plan right now. I know we're, we've got a few questions, a few more questions about VCs, but the the idea of a business plan, um, why is that important for for uh, entrepreneurs and potential entrepreneurs? Well, I, th- I think principally the, the key thing is if you if you uh, if you're an investor or even if you're a bank for that matter, uh, you're going to typically there's only so many businesses that you can meet in a week or in a month or in a year. Uh, in order to decide who you're going to fund and who you're not going to fund. The business plan is that one document which can uh, bring everything together about your business, your proposition, your team, and present it in a way to an investor or a bank that they understand. Um, So that is, the business plan without a doubt is the most important tool that an investor will use in order to make an assessment as to whether or not they want to invest in your business. In many instances, you know, um, uh, investors will be meeting with businesses uh, that they don't know at all. And so, you know, having a, uh, having a face-to-face meeting and just talking about things isn't, isn't enough. As an entrepreneur, you need to show the commitment and you need to show that you've thought this through well because you are asking for other people's money. And, and so, therefore, uh, an investor or a bank is, will request that the business plan is put forward in some form or other that really outlines to them what the opportunity is, where the risks are, uh, and actually, how you're going to how how are you going to use their funds in order to create value? Great. And are there any common myths about VCs or working with VCs? If so, what are they? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I think, um, especially for the small small business owner, I think you know there's this assumption that venture capitalists um, and, and investors by large are out to get your business and, and you know, take ownership of it and, and get you out of the business and all that sort of stuff. I think that, you know, that, that's a very wrong perception and it's something which is quite dated now. I think you know, the venture capital industry, the private equity industry, the investment industry generally for small businesses and startups is something which is there as a supportive mechanism. So it's there really to help entrepreneurs, not, not hinder them. Um, and the way that it does that is, it, is that they provide funding in order to allow you to get to the next level of growth. But in addition, that they also provide a huge amount of expertise and insight and networks and connections that businesses can use. Um, from my own experience of working as an investor, you know that we—that's exactly what we were looking to provide. If if it was just a question of us giving money to a business, um, that wasn't as compelling as if we identified a business that we can fund, but then also uh, give the benefit of our expertise too. So I think that's probably the biggest myth is that the, the venture capital, the investors are out to get you and are out to get your company. That's not true. They are out there to help you. Um, I think beyond that, you know, a lot of people just need to understand that, you know, venture capital funds and investments, investors by large are investing other people's money. And so they need to be quite rigorous in their approach as to how they go about uh, monitoring your business once you've taken an investment from them. So there will be 
as a minimum monthly board meetings. Um, they will uh, interfere a little bit um, in regards to how you run your business. And I think that's probably the second area of, of, of myths where, where people, uh, when people come to think about venture capitals, is that they will interfere in our business. They're not going to be running your business. You know, they are backing you as the entrepreneur to run that business for them and for all of the shareholders. But they will be keeping a close eye on you know, how things are developing. And if, they, if everything is going fine, they'll take a step back. If things are getting into, uh, uh, into patchy areas, then they'll start taking a keener interest. Uh, but by and large, they are there really to support you in order to create value for you and for them. Okay. And what do VCs look for in founders and companies that let them know that the company is worth investing in? Yeah, so that's a really important question. I think, um, you know, the, the, the most important thing that an investor will look for is the quality of the management team. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, they're backing you. So they're backing you guys to execute on the plan that you've got in place and to make it happen, to deliver the value. Um, it, it, they're not really investing in a business idea. They're not investing in, you know, the, the level of traction or success that you might have had. That comes into the equation, but fundamentally, they're looking at you and they're trying to make an, uh, an assessment as to whether or not they believe that you can deliver the value for them. So that's, that's point number one. I think beyond that, uh, everything else kind of falls into it. So they're looking for people who, who know their market. Uh, they're looking for people who achieved success in the past. They're looking for people who have got an idea as to how they want to grow this business going forwards. So all of that really focuses down on the team that's delivering it. Um, when it comes to the team, the one thing that they will be keen on identifying is if there are any gaps in the management team. So if there's a, if there's a fundamental gap in your management team of a role that's, that your business cannot do without, then you're going to really struggle in order to get funding. Um, the best advice is to try and get the best team together who is the right team for the business that you're creating. Uh, and at that point, go and pitch to investors to, 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 to say what you're looking for. That is, the, that is the most successful formula of raising funding from investors. So I have a follow-up question regarding the team, the management team. Um, in your experience or in, in general, are there certain components of running a business that a management team may not as readily consider including in their leadership uh, capacity? Um, for example, I'm thinking, you know, you might have a strong team that's strong in finance and marketing and vision, but perhaps they are missing the um, talent management uh, component, for lack of a better word. Do you, do you see certain, certain traits or abilities or management capabilities that uh, a team might be missing, um, teams might be missing consistently? Um, I think there's, no, there's nothing that's consistently seen across businesses. I think um, so all businesses are different, and, and what, what's going to be a fundamental role for one business is not going to be for another one. Um, I think for the majority of businesses which are at earlier stages, and by earlier stages, I don't mean that they've just set up in the last three months. They could have set up in the last two, three, four years, um, uh, but, but they're still at the point of, of, of trying to achieve further growth. I think that investors understand that at that sort of stage, any business is not going to be absolutely complete with their management team. Um, but there will be some core roles that they will expect to have 
uh, in place. So, for example, every investor will want that there's a leader in the team, the guy who's the, C- the guy or the girl who's the CEO of that business, the person who's mm-hmm. going to drive the strategy forward. That's the fundam- most fundamental rule. Um, beyond that, a finance director or a finance uh, officer is is something which, in some roles, you would you would need, in others, you perhaps wouldn't. If you look at software and startup businesses in the tech space, you know, a chief technology officer is someone that you can't really do without. Um, you, that, that's a role that you need to have in place rather than outsourcing uh, components like that because it's fundamental to the success of that business. So I think, I think it's taking a pragmatic view and looking at your own business and saying, well, what are the key, absolute fundamental roles that we need to have in place? And what are the roles that you know, we, can, we can either outsource at the moment or we can uh, gradually get online uh, later on as we start to get more traction. Okay, and do you have any advice for someone, any additional advice for someone considering VC funding? Uh, are there any other alternatives that you might suggest as well? Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's a good amount of alternatives. Um, you know, so venture capital funding or investor funding is, is, is perhaps the most common that a lot of us have heard about because of big fundraisings by companies like Twitter and Facebook and all these sorts of guys. Um, I think beyond that, you know, crowdfunding is something that's, um, been getting a lot of uh, interest and, and, uh, and attraction over the last number of years now, um, which is a slightly different model, but allows businesses to get funded. Uh, beyond that, you know, there's the traditional bank loans, which works for some types of businesses. So typically asset-heavy businesses or businesses which have got assets um, that, that give the bank a bit of comfort on. Um, so there are a number of other funding channels. Another one to add on top of that is in most countries and most regions, there are uh, government uh, loans and grants that are available to businesses as well. And, and I would you know, really encourage businesses to look to try and see what kind of initiatives governments have got in their local area. Uh, because the, often those uh, grants and loans are enough to get a business to the next stage before perhaps they go and uh, speak to a bank or before they go and speak to an investor. Um, however, I think irrespective of whichever channel of funding you're looking to get, um, I would encourage every entrepreneur to really have a look at you know, developing a business plan if they don't already have one, and really put it together with a view of what opportunity are we providing to an investor or a bank, and what are the risks in our business, and then go one step further than that and and really point out how you're mitigating against those risks. Okay, and and switching gears a little bit, we I wanted to cover another topic with you that's under your expertise, uh, that's mergers and acquisition, and yeah. you know, it, people may be wondering, well, why are we talking about buyouts? Uh, in a conversation about entrepreneur funding, um, but really, you know, it's important for business owners and entrepreneurs to think about building a business that is uh, built to sell, um, so to speak. As, and there's also a book called Built to Sell. But could you uh, explain the concept of buying a business and what takes place? Yeah. Um... I mean, I think the first thing to say about when you're buying a business or when you're selling a business is the process is quite long. So it's not something that you can get done in three months or even really six months. Um, you know, deals can take 12, 18 months. Uh, and typically, in, in my role, I often talk to businesses you know, a good 12, maybe even 24 months before they're looking to exit or partially exit just because there's a lot of preparatory work that you have to do in order to have a successful exit. Um, but the concept of, of, of buying a business and what takes place within that, it's effectively, you know, you're, you're marketing yourself as a business that's up for sale, either up for sale in full, in which case you may sell to another 
business that operates in your niche, maybe a competitor, or part. Uh, so you might partly sell your business. And, and a part buyout or part exit is if you're uh, selling to, say, a private equity firm. So the private equity firm will um, invest in your business and they'll buy some of the shares. So there, there will be a shareholder as well, but you guys will still be running the business. And what's the benefit of doing that? We're going for a partial exit. Well, the benefit of that is it gives you some firepower in terms of money. And in addition to that, it gives you the expertise of the investor. And so therefore, it allows you to grow the business much quicker. And if it's a buyout, uh, a private equity investor will typically stay invested in you within, in a period of three to five years. After that, they will look to exit. And when they exit, they may well sell the business back to you or they could sell it on to someone else. So it provides a number of different channels for um, existing shareholders maybe who want to exit and others who don't. Um, a buyout is a good way of accommodating for that. Um, but the whole process of selling a business is it starts with identifying who you may want to buy you. Uh, first of all, what deal you want. Secondly, who you may want to buy you, whether it's trade or financial buyer. Then marketing your business. Uh, and then really setting expectations, value expectations, the type of deal that's going to work, the timelines in terms of when deals are supposed to be done, what happens to the management team. So if you're selling your business to another competitor, you know, it may not be the case that you want to stay on. Um, it, may not be the case, it may be the case that actually there isn't a rule for you to stay on in. So all of that sort of stuff has to be, has to be dealt with. Um, there's, there's due diligence which has to be done, uh, which is an important part of the deal process, which is where any potential purchaser of your business is going to go through the books effectively uh, and really get under the skin of your business to, to understand what, what it is that they are buying. And that's often an area which is where a lot of deals stumble and fall, fall over. Um, and that's mainly because businesses haven't got themselves prepared for that due diligence phase, which is why it's absolutely important that even if exit, an exit is on your, on your horizon for the next three to five years, you know, get some planning done now uh, to understand you know, what you need to have prepared in your business to, to make any kind of an exit a success. And why would an entrepreneur want to sell or exit their business? Uh, yeah, good, good question. I think uh, typically when entrepreneurs are building the businesses, it's all about the growth. It's all about the achievement of building a business. But, you know, businesses get sold all the time. I mean, that, that's a fact. Uh, and often they get sold when time, at times when business owners didn't necessarily plan for it. Uh, it could be because of a change in personal circumstances for, for the entrepreneur. Uh, it could be because they've identified an opportunity and they think, well, actually, you know, they've built the business to where they wanted to get it to and they want to try something else. Um, or it could be that, that you know, they, they've come across an offer which they just cannot refuse. Um, and so, so those, are, those are a number of good reasons as to why someone may, may want to sell. I guess another big reason is, uh, and what we're seeing at the moment, is with baby boomers. So guys who are maybe in their 50s, 60s, even older, uh, who are getting to the age of, of wanting to retire. Uh, and so, therefore, they're looking at what kind of they want to do, and in which case that they'll, they'll bring someone on board like me who will advise them as to the options open to them and, and how they go about selling their business. And when you go on board and you speak to these, these boomer businesses, uh, boomer business owners, uh, what advice do you give them? Uh, how can an entrepreneur prepare a business that's attractive to buyers? Um, I think it's, you know, I think transparency is a big thing. So being absolutely clear in, you know, in what it is that you're putting forward for your business. Uh, so what do I mean by that? Well, principally, you know, show numbers in the business which are absolutely clear. Um, and within those numbers, you know, there's an element of 
identifying and understanding yourself where the risk in your business is that a potential buyer could pick up on. Um, and for all of those risks, you need to have some kind of a justification in place as to why that risk exists. One of the reason for planning early for an exit is, for example, if I was meeting a business today and the business had um, you know, a number of customers, but 70% of their revenues were with one customer, that for me would ring alarm bells because it, it, it indicates that there's a huge amount of concentration risk on that one customer. And so if I, was a, if I was then a buyer looking at buying this business, I would look at that business and say, well, actually, if, one, if that one customer, for whatever reason, decided to stop doing business with us, that takes away a big chunk of our business. And so in that situation, if I'm advising that business today, I would say to them, you know, that's a big risk that you need to, you need to start mitigating against, i.e. you need to re- reduce the level of reliance you have on that one customer and start... Uh, building relationships with other customers so that all of your eggs are not just in that one basket. So I think preparation in that kind of way is absolutely essential. Um, you know, having a team that's, uh, you know, that, 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 that knows what it's doing is going to be something that's going to add a lot of comfort to any potential buyer. And then beyond that, just positioning yourself as uh, a leader in your market, as someone who's known, as someone who's known as an expert in that space. Those are all the sorts of things which are going to help when it comes to valuation for your business and getting a deal away. Okay, and tell us what defines a really successful transaction and an unsuccessful transaction. <laughs> I think this uh, really links to a number of the points that I've made earlier. And I think, you know, in my experience of, of, of working on deals for the last 12 years, the one consistent theme that I see is deals, uh, businesses where there has been some planning that's been involved beforehand as to how a transaction is going to happen and how, you know, how we market the business, those deals have always either got a, got a, a good value and got away quicker uh, or they've been much more successful transactions. Where we've had a case where someone comes to me and says, we need to sell our business, can you advise us please, and we, you know, we need to get it away very quickly, those deals always don't go well. I mean, there's some circumstances where you can't avoid that inevitably, um, but the problem there is anyone who's advising on that deal is you're, you're kind of, you're very much in a, in a reactive mindset. And I think when you're, in a, when you're working in M&A and when you're advising businesses on, on sales and selling, it's very much a strategic game and it's very much like a chess game. So you really need to plan out the next three, four, five chess moves before they actually happen. Um, and if you're being approached uh, very abruptly by someone who's wanting to sell their business, you don't have time to do that. So you're putting material out there. You don't really know what you're going to get back. And that causes huge amounts of, of uh, problems within the deal. Um, what that typically results in is people spending a huge amount of time on the deal. Everyone, you know, buyers, sellers, advisors, and everyone gets deal fatigue. So they get tired of the deal. Um, and, that, and that typically leads to deals uh, then failing. I think linked to that is the fact that the due diligence phase, which I mentioned earlier briefly, uh, is something that you can't just jump into. Um, as someone who's selling their business, you need to pay particular attention to the kinds of information you uh, are wanting to put out there for potential buyers and how you put it out there. So what, what you put out there and how you put it out there is, is very important. Um, and also the timing of when you release information, for example, is also very important. All the while, what you're trying to do is create a picture that this is a deal process which is in control. Uh, we know what we're doing. We know the kind of buyer that we're looking for, and we know what we're worth. 
that gives any buyer a, a sense that, okay, well, you know, these guys are the real deal and we need to play by their rules as opposed to, well, let's just try and, you know, they don't, they don't really know what they're doing. They're not very well organized. So let's try and you know, get the best deal that we can. That just does not work. Well, this has been a great conversation on both venture capital and mergers and acquisitions. Do you, do you have any parting thoughts that you'd like to share that we may not have covered about either subject? Um, yeah, I guess it's just reinforcing a, a point that I made earlier, which I think um, you know, entrepreneurs really, really need to understand is that business plans are essential. Um, they will do an, an entrepreneur the world of good putting a business plan together in terms of organizing their own thoughts, really understanding you know, which direction their business is going in. But especially, and especially if they're looking to raise funding with a bank or an investor, they really need to pay attention to putting a business plan together. Um, and, and actually, uh, one of my websites, which is www.thesmartbusinessplanacademy.com, that's www.thesmartbusinessplanacademy.com, uh, is a site where people can go and they can uh, download a free cheat sheet, which really tells them about the best way to go about putting a business plan together uh, in order to help them raise funding. Okay, great. Again, listeners, you can visit www.thesmartbusinessplanacademy.com. And you can also download a free cheat sheet on how to build a powerful business plan to help with raising funds or exiting your business. And you can also reach Talat on talat.mahmood at skypanthercapital.com. For the links, you can visit our website, www.businesslifeandcoffee.com. And Talat, thank you for joining us today. I'm looking forward to um, all of the businesses that are sold and and acquired and invested in successfully uh, as a result of this podcast. Great. Thanks for having me, Joey. And and the business plans, the people that are finally going to do their business plan. (laughs) I hope so. Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. This has been another episode of Business Life and Coffee. Take care. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at? Only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems. Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at jumpstarthr. Jumpstart HR. Let's build a better business together. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. This has been another episode of Business, Life, and Coffee, the only podcast that simulates the experience of having coffee with a mentor, industry expert, or fellow colleague. If you've enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read your comment on an upcoming show. You can find show notes, episodes, and resources for your career or business at businesslifeandcoffee.com. If you have a topic that you want to learn more about but don't have time to grab coffee with an expert, email us at info at businesslifeandcoffee.com and tune in for that topic on a future episode. Also, you can reach me at Twitter at JVPSaid. This is Joey Price signing out, and I'll see you next week.